are those who fear the Lord. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Let us pray.
running. The one brother said to the other, what's going on? And the other said, I don't know, but we're in big trouble this time. God's missing, and they think we had something to do with it. <laughs> the psalmist writes, praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. I have always found this verse to be troubling. Because when you consider the fact that almost every time God shows up in the Bible, whenever God humbles himself to speak to somebody like us, the first thing he almost always says is, do not be afraid. In Mark's Gospel, we learn about a time when the disciples got into a boat to go to Bethsaida. After dismissing the crowd, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, leaving his disciples alone on the boat. When Jesus came down, he saw that the disciples were straining against the wind. So he did what the Son of God would do. He walked on the water. And they were utterly terrified because they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out. But immediately Jesus spoke to them across the water, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. When he got in the boat, the wind ceased. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Yet in the first verse of Psalm 112, we read about the blessedness of those who fear the Lord. The psalm goes on to say that to fear the Lord means your heart is steady. If our hearts are fixed on evil, we shall become evil. If our hearts are fixed inwardly, we shall become ridiculously selfish. If our hearts are fixed upon things and possessions, we will become overwhelmingly materialist. All around us, perhaps even some of us, are failing because our minds and our hearts are no longer steady. Because our hearts are no longer fixed on the right thing. So the psalmist cries out, Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Fear comes to all of us, to the bravest as well as to the cowardly. Fear comes to the faithful and the faithless. Fear can be a good thing. It warns us to keep our eyes peeled of the danger that might lurk right around the corner. It teaches us to respect our elders and our teachers and our bosses. Fear reminds us of our own finitude. However, to be mindful of fear is one thing, but to be constantly panic-stricken a very good friend of mine from seminary, who was raised in the church and pursuing a call to ministry, was once invited to a spiritual retreat at the Cusman High School. For a long weekend, hundreds of young Christians would gather together in small groups to talk about the temptations of the world, how to keep the faith, and what it looks like to be a disciple as a teenager. And they would also spend time as a large group worshiping. They would sing along with the contemporary Christian rock band. They would walk forward to receive communion together, and they would all reverently bow their heads to pray. On the last night of the conference, at the final worship service, at the height of the concluding sermon, that moment when the preacher had all the kids, the fire alarm went off. The ushers made their way through the room and gathered all the children, got them out of the big fellowship hall, moved them into the hallway, started rushing them outside. And my friend felt himself caught up in this fear. What happened if it burned down? What about some of his friends? And as he looked around, he felt himself being ushered out of the building. People 
was screaming. And so when he made his way to the parking lot, there was pandemonium everywhere, but he noticed there were lifeboats spread around the parking lot. He wasn't sure why, but everyone was yelling, get into the lifeboats, get into the lifeboats. And so he ran for the closest one. He grabbed a rope and tried to pull himself in. And that's when the fire alarm stopped. And somebody came over a loudspeaker and said, take a look around you. There's not enough room in the lifeboats for everyone. <coughs> Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That's fear. That's terrible fear. Fear can be a tool, but it can also warp and manipulate us. Because that friend of mine refused to enter a church for years after that incident because of the way the people at his retreat attempted to manipulate his faith through fear. That is not the kind of fear that the psalmist calls blessed. The disciples were on the boat. The wind was against them, and they were having problems crossing onto the other side. They were doing their best to follow Jesus' commands, yet the world was not matching their expectations. They must have felt tired and abandoned out there all alone. Why had Jesus asked them to do this? Where was he when they really needed him? And somehow, though stricken with overwhelming fear, the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water while calling out, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. <clears throat> when fear was the most appropriate response to the present circumstances, Jesus triumphantly declared, Do not be afraid. In the many chaotic moments of our lives, when bashed by the waves of the world, Jesus continues to call out to each of us, Do not be afraid. Christ is there with us on the rocky boats of life's circumstances. God listens to our prayers, and the Holy Spirit moves through every one of us to help transform this world into God's kingdom. The disciples, the Israelites who sang Psalm 112 together, and all of us are not called to be motivated by fear, but instead motivated by love. The disciples did not leave everything on the lake shore to follow their God because he had promised them hard days and eternal suffering. But instead, they were offered a new way of life. Those who do not want to be afraid are those who have decided to see the world through the lens of faith, to be free from the tyranny of the world. People without fear are those whose eyes are fully open to the troubles and the needs of their fellow human beings. They, as the psalmist writes, rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, they are merciful, and they are righteous. Their hearts are secure and firm in the Lord, and they will not be afraid because they know that God is with them. Fearing the Lord means loving the Lord. Loving God enough to realize that God wants us to love one another, to strive for justice, to celebrate peace, take faith seriously, but not take ourselves too seriously. Those who cannot sigh with others in the midst of suffering, and those who cannot laugh a little bit about themselves, are the ones who are controlled by fear. There has been plenty of fear used throughout the history of the church, perhaps today more than ever. Churches have become professionals with motivation by fear. If you don't tithe, 
If you don't pray more, if you don't come to church, that's motivation by fear. And that's not the kind of motivation that God used with the disciples, and it's not the kind of motivation that God uses with each and every one of us. Right now, what we need more than fear is a little bit of laughter. We need some joy. We need to rediscover that happiness that the church contains for those who want to follow Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't in the Bible. I just want to be very clear about that. But I like to imagine that in the days of Jesus' ministry, in the days after the resurrection, the disciples would get together and they'd hang out. You know, share some bread and wine with each other. And they'd talk about old times. Maybe Peter would start, hey guys, do you remember that time that Jesus made me go get a donkey that he could ride on into Jerusalem? That guy was so funny. And maybe Bartholomew would say, oh, but remember that time that we were out on the water and the waves were rocking against us and we were so scared. But then Jesus came and said, don't be afraid, it's me. And he calmed everything. That was just great. Maybe James would say, yeah, but that time that he went in the temple and he overturned the tables, that was the craziest thing he ever did. The disciples had to be having a good time. Faith had to be fun for them. They had to have a little bit of laughter and love in their lives for discipleship to mean anything. That's why I started the sermon with a funny story about two boys hightailing it out of a church. Because until we can laugh together about the excitement of our faith journeys, then the fear of God will remain what most people get out of church. Happy are those who fear the Lord, because they realize that God's love is incredible. We fear God's love because we recognize that we don't deserve it. We fear God for welcoming us into this journey when we have so little to contribute. And we fear God for inviting us into a place to feel loved, feel so unlovable. We have too often settled for the motivation of fear in church. Can you imagine what church would look like if instead of gathering to hear about what you must do to change your lives, you gather together to tell jokes, sing some hymns, to laugh with one another, and enjoy the life that God has given you. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in His commandments. So let us all recover that sense of happiness and delight in our own faith journeys. Let us be motivated by the good God who calls us by name to laugh, to live, and to love. Let us rekindle that theme of flame of faith in our lives to be utterly astonished by the God who came to die and to live for us.